This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the final episode of our 2023 Top 440 podcast series, our program for recognizing young poultry leaders. I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Ryan Snyder. Ryan grew up on a broiler farm, and he's remained in the poultry industry ever since. Today, he's a scientist with SIVA Animal Health, where he works on the company's vaccination programs. He's also recently opened his own poultry research barn, and he goes the extra mile for his community and industry. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsors, Egg Farmers of Canada and SIVA Animal Health for their support. Now let's talk to Ryan. Congratulations on the recognition. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute honor to be uh, selected for this year. Can we start by going over your background in agriculture? Can you tell me a little bit about growing up in agriculture? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up just outside of Hagersville, Ontario. Uh, it's a little bit south of Hamilton for those who are not familiar. And most people might remember the name or the town Hagersville from the tire fire from the early 90s. That's uh, that's our claim to fame. But other than that, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I grew up on a poultry farm, broiler chickens, and we eventually had some turkeys as well at one point. Uh, about 100 acres of land, so not too much, but enough to kind of keep ourselves busy from time to time as well. And uh, yeah. Uh, dad dad was into chickens his brother uh, my uncle brian was into chickens my aunt michelle was into chickens grandpa was uh one of the uh first people to get uh to quota back in the 60s and he also had a braised chick hatchery and from that experience that also led to my dad and his siblings running uh jarvis chicks for a time uh probably from the late 80s until the early 2000s so uh, not even talking about me myself yet, but uh, just my family is is uh, pretty extensive into the poultry industry. My brother grows turkeys now. I also have a cousin who's uh, working for a feed additive company for, for all sorts of livestock. So um, I've been brought up with a lot of different people in the industry who are very well connected. So I've been very fortunate to, to make other connections myself through them. And um, it's, yeah, it's been great. So Grew up on this farm and uh, yeah, we had broilers and turkeys. So lots of exposure through that. And uh, remember lots of lots of weekends were spent uh, cleaning barns or getting ready, putting out feed. So there's never never a shortage of work. So it was always always nice, uh, nice way to be brought up, I think. So did you immediately, did you always feel like you wanted to continue in, in poultry? No, actually I, in high school and in early uh, university, I was more focused towards uh, wildlife and ecology. My program kind of switched around a few times in university. So I was thinking I was going to be working m maybe more for the government, um, again, on wildlife ecology. But it wasn't until after my undergrad that I started to switch. Now, during my, my undergrad schooling, I did take a number of different agricultural courses. Um, I went to the University of Guelph, so it was very easy for me to take both uh, agriculture as well as some uh, or mostly the uh, ecology courses, as I mentioned, but it wasn't until after my program that I wasn't quite finding the jobs that I was looking for that I uh, started working for uh, the Trout Nutrition Research Farm, which is just outside of Woodstock. Um, they no longer are operating there, but uh, that's that's what kind of got me 
back into poultry more or less and then it, it kind of excited about research which is kind of where my career led me but so i spent a number of years uh, working at that that farm outside of woodstock and there i started as a poultry barn technician so i'd be you know helping with the feeding the weighing of the animals um collecting data as needed and eventually i had to or not not had to but i was asked to do more of an administrative role uh, more of a research assistant role as, as the title and that um was ordering chicks, ordering feed, entering data, and coordinating staff uh, to kind of bring the trials to life and bring them together. Um, so in between the scientists who had come up with the, the trial idea and then the, the staff who were kind of running running the uh, the day-to-day of it. So um, spent a number of years there and then decided uh, I loved research. I loved poultry, so I wanted to do more. So I went back to the University of Guelph for grad school. And that was uh, in 2015, and I did both grad school and, and worked at the research farm for a couple of years at the same time. And I, I switched from the master's program to a PhD program. And uh, this isn't so much my background in agriculture anymore, but it's kind of more my career path. Uh, I started doing this this grad school in in parasitology, coccidiosis for, for broiler chickens. So I was kind of taking all the industry experience that I had from the research farm as well as I found a passion of my own, and that happened to be coccidiosis. I saw that there was a big need for more more work in that area. And so I started there in 2015, and I graduated at the end of 2020. And um, yeah, my, my focus was on broiler chickens and coccidiosis and, and how we control for that using the different major methods, uh, major strategies. I'd call the two strategies that we use either vaccination or medication. And I looked at how do how do those work today and in the field. So I did a lot of field work uh, as part of the start of my thesis. And then I looked at how can we prove each of those. Uh, so I had a study where I looked at vaccination and what's the best way to vaccinate. And then I also looked at uh, drug resistance and then how can we improve drug resistance in order to keep those products viable for as long as we can, because resistance is always a concern. And then finally, I also wanted to kind of branch out and learn a little bit more about something that's not quite well known yet in Imeria, and it's how can we tell the different coxi apart from one another. So um, that was using DNA methods and different technologies that work with DNA uh, to identify and quantify the different species. So um, yeah, sorry, that's that's a lot all at once. Um, so fall and kind of it's still a bit of a past, I guess, but it's more recent past. As I finished uh, my my graduate studies, I joined uh, Grand Valley Fortifiers as a poultry specialist, um, poultry improvement specialist, and uh, I, I worked with them for about a year and a half until I switched over to where I am currently with uh, Siva Animal Health, where my role is scientist. And so, what does a typical day look like for you in your current role? Yeah, so uh, my role is scientist in the. R&D or research and development uh, team. So we have a coccidiosis production facility right here in Ontario, and it uh, services or produces vaccine for the world. So as an IND or R&D scientist, I'm kind of looking more down the road at the products and product development and how can we make our vaccine and how can we make it better and not just making it better on farm, but also how can we manufacture it better? Because there's a lot of different um technical and scientific components to making the vaccine. So there's a lot to always be done there. So sometimes it's not always uh, 
research that's going to uh, profit or benefit, sorry, the producer directly, but it's going to make our vaccine better, which will then indirectly. So we do have a team, a commercial technical team that does help more with farm to farm stuff. I do interact with them uh, quite regularly. Just from my background, I get a chance to uh, interact with them regularly, which is nice. But so to answer your question, day to day, I'm usually working on uh, developing protocols or writing reports on some of the trials that we do. And this might involve animal trials. A lot of times it's in the lab working with, you know, the microscope and the centrifuge and the, the coxie itself. Um, and there's times when we have to work with other organizations. We are closely linked to the University of Guelph. Um, maybe not closely linked, but we work, we work with the University of Guelph from time to time. They are close by and they've got the expertise to help us out. So it'll be a, a blend of running internal trials where we need to understand some things of our own and then going to outside sources to get our, our research contracted for us. So you're basically working to help them improve existing vaccines and maybe help and develop new ones. Develop new ones. Yes, that's right. Yep. So our, our facility here is just for coccidiosis vaccines. And, and like I said, they, they feed the world or they supply the entire world. And uh, we, we do have a, a new facility that's coming up uh, into production this year. And it's, it's going to drastically uh, increase our quality as well as our quantity of our, our vaccine uh, for, for um, meeting the demands of the, the coccidiosis vaccine market both uh, here and abroad. So are there any exciting developments to expect in the world of vaccines? Uh, for the most part right now, it's it's uh, steady as she goes. Uh, there's, there's always ways to improve the vaccines, but mostly right now, I think the most exciting stuff is going to be what's happening on farm and how to, how to you know, fine tune the best dose and the best uh, practices and best management to get your vaccine to be effective. Our team who's out in the field every day, they're learning lots and they're sharing with customers the best way to manage their barns. And I think that's what's going to make the, the biggest strides. In terms of my role now, uh, there's not too, uh, too much more exciting things I can share with you just yet. But uh, uh, like I said, with our new plant coming online, there'll be a lot more supply, which is going to be fantastic. We're, like I said, we're increasing our capacity and the quality of the product is going to be, uh, yeah, better as well. So I also heard that you opened your own private research facility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. So from my extensive background, uh, as I've already alluded to, I, a number of years ago thought, you know, I think it'd be kind of fun to have a research facility of my own. Um, like I mentioned, the, the old research farm that was out at Woodstock is no longer running. And the university um, universities in Canada can only run so many trials at a time, and they have their own mandates. They have their own faculty who are running trials as well. So, my my goal was to develop a private research facility that could help meet some of the more industry related questions or industry related needs, rather than let's say academic or, or deep deep science and future future studies that are looking, you know, way out into the um, uh, ahead for products or, or technologies that are needed or disease surveillance or whatever uh, the focus is of, of university researchers. So in the late um, 2022, I was uh, accumulating everything that I needed to start this research facility. So just this year, I've got my first uh, uh, trial, let's say, 
And basically I have these battery cages that is best for small scale research and um, starting to welcome the, any customers who are looking for research. If it's for product registration, if it's for proof of concept, if it's for um, getting good uh, specific numbers down to the gram, uh, this is the type of facility that I think would be useful for many different people. So I don't have any internal research. It's just me really running this and it's being uh, run at my um, parents' uh, facility um, or operation back home at a barn that's that's currently empty and not in production. And yeah, so I, I've got these cages, I've got the background to do it, and uh, it's it's um, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. It keeps me quite busy between a day job and then also having this as a, as a side gig as well. But I've got uh, a good support network behind me to kind of help make sure everything runs smoothly. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, meant to be for the industry. So I love doing research. I love answering questions that the industry has. So if people want to know um which products are going to be good in a, a different feed phase is it you know good to be vaccinating at certain times or how can we manage things differently so this this facility is meant to answer a lot of the questions that people might have um that that the industry needs answered today right and maybe it's not something that would be done at the university or it's not quite appropriate to do you know side by side barn trials because those have their place and those are really beneficial too but Having everything in one room, uh, in one controlled space, and then and all the same uh, genetics, the same uh, management, you can really tease out differences of of a, a single product being included or not included, or a different formulation change. And because these birds don't go to market, they also have the advantage of trying something that you might be um, uh adverse to because it's too risk too risky in a commercial setting right so you don't want to put in a, a risky formula or a risky product for birds that are going to go to production because what if something goes wrong so these birds at this facility could could fit fit that gap and um, give really good information to anyone who's looking to run trials and so I will say the name of the company that I've incorporated is, is Redens Research. It's Redens is essentially Snyder backwards. And Redens is actually the name that my grandfather had as his chicken farm. So I'm trying to pay homage back to my grandfather for starting uh, chicken farming. And then the research is the, the side that I'm bringing to it. So like I said, it's, it's a big family uh, uh, initiative. And so um, I can say it's one of the probably one of the only family-run uh, research facilities, in, definitely in Canada, as far as I know. And then maybe you know, mostly in the U.S., they are uh, they would be more corporation-run, I guess, and with a number of individuals there. So being being in Canada, I think, is is an advantage because they have these facilities in the U.S. But if there's any reason that the trial has to be run from a Canadian registration perspective having it run in Canada might be required so um, that'd be where this this facility could be used so um, and it, I also could see this facility as being a nice training or demonstration facility as well so if we need to show people um, whether it be for staff at uh, feed mills or hatcheries or the any of the boards they could come and all get a training day and even for veterinarians right so there's a lot of different things I think this facility would be good for. Speaking of the family, so do you, are you still, do you still work on the family farm at all? I go back uh, from time to time. Um, probably I'd say 
two to three times a month. I'm back there helping out, uh, shipping chickens, getting the barns ready from time to time. And um, yeah, if dad goes on vacation, then I might be there checking the barns for him as well. So I heard you found some creative ways to find efficiencies and you, you're known for exploring new ideas on the farm. So can you talk a little bit about some things you've done in that regard? Yeah, so um, there's there's no shortage of ideas out there of, of how to uh, make things a little bit better on farm. A lot of the times I'm looking at gut health, so whether it be coccidiosis or, or necrotic enteritis or just general performance and um, uh, yeah, for, for any reasons. But uh, I, I like to look at these these different products that might be available for coccidiosis, different feed ingredients or formulations, and, and also just understanding a little bit about the parasite itself. Um, just being a big nerd, I'll take the samples that I need to and I'll find a way to get them uh, processed to to see what's happening. So when I say these samples, a lot of the stuff that I did in my, my grad studies was taking poop samples from farms across the province. And so I'll still still do that from time to time to just um, understand, again, what the parasite level is, are the drugs that are being used or any other alternative products being used um, still still effective or are they you know starting to fade maybe they have a reduced sensitivity so it's a time to rotate or shuttle that product out and um, I'll also do this for for vaccines as well so you know we have uh, an expected amount of oasis that would come out or expected amount of coxy at certain time points so taking these fecal samples and then sending them to the lab for analysis you get a concentration back and you you know okay the vaccine was delivered at the hatchery. That's good. Now, did we get it to cycle on farm a little bit too much? Not enough, just right. And you can kind of start to look at these numbers. Uh, one flock at a time, it's kind of difficult to know what's perfect and what's good. But as you do many flocks on a given farm and then many flocks across multiple farms, you get a sense of what to expect in terms of the, these, uh, these the coxie output, I should say. And so uh, the other things I try to help out dad and my brother with are, um, again, just monitoring flock health. They'll often have questions for me uh, just looking at, um, you know, chick quality or uh, body weights as, as the flock progresses along. So there's uh, been a number of times I'm in the barn helping weigh the birds. And I did this in, in previous, uh, previous roles, um, weighing birds to see, you know, their exact growth as the, the flock progresses to understand, okay, how can we change our management early on? Um, you know, and I also am a big uh, promoter of of air quality as well. It's uh, not it's temperature is probably the most important thing, but right after that is is the humidity and trying to get that humidity in the right spot, not too dry because the coxie could could die. Um, but you also want to have it not too wet either because bacteria starts to grow at that time. So. The balance of uh, the economics of heating your barn and then keeping the fans running to keep it mostly dry enough is usually the issue. Um, uh, the later parts of a flock, and and yeah, it's it's difficult when it's you know pouring rain like it has been this summer, and it's ninety to ninety percent humidity outside. You can't really get that any any less in the barn. But um, finding ways to uh, uh, improve the quality of the air which would then benefit the growth of the birds and the health of the birds is, is always an interest of mine. So it must be a great resource for your family to have you a bit like access to your knowledge, right? Yeah. 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 They, uh, they never have um, a shortage of questions for me whenever they're uh, 
you know, stumped by something. And, and a lot of times I don't always have the answer. I have to say, yep, you're going to have to call your, your veterinary professional. Um, cause I, I know the limit of my knowledge base, but, uh, at least I can start to say, well, here's where we should look and here's where we should, should go, ne go to next. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they love, uh, asking questions. So there's never a dull moment at the kitchen, uh, kitchen table when we're talking about, uh, disease and, and guts and feces and, uh, Usually mom has to put a stop to it when we get into too much detail <laughs> uh, yeah. when we're having meals. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsors, Egg Farmers of Canada and Siva Animal Health for their support. Now let's talk to Ryan. So can you talk a little bit about some ways you've gone the extra mile for the industry and even your community too? Yeah, so um, I've, I've been involved with a number of different things. Um, we would have... Uh, community events that I, I participate in. Uh, years ago, I went to the um, the CNE, the, the Turkey Fairs of Ontario had a CNE booth that I was able to join, but that's been a number of years now. I um, have participated, my dad has done this for uh, probably a few decades now. He's done this for a very long time. In Haldeman County, there's what's called uh, extravaganza, and it's for all the grade fives to get together from the county, come to the Caledonia Fairgrounds. It's usually right before the Caledonia Fair, which is uh, in September. And there's a number of different uh, animal species that are brought in. And then the farmers get to educate these uh, 10, 11 year olds on uh, farming and production. So I've I've joined my dad a number of times with that, uh, just speaking to how, how birds are raised and just uh, letting kids understand, you know, this is where their food comes from. And I think that's really important. And another thing that I've done, um, um, a little bit more recently as well was uh, the Poultry Health Research Network. When I was in grad school, uh, there's this um, community of uh, researchers at the University of Guelph and then uh, industry and veterinarians and government as well that form this network. And I was the coordinator for a short while where I was putting on events and sharing newsletters, uh, hosting seminars. And then we even did have a an industry day, a little conference, a one day conference, which was which was very rewarding. We had a great turnout and uh, it got a chance for everybody to kind of come network and learn a little bit about um, different areas of uh, brooding that our focus that day was was uh, getting getting birds off to a good start. And we didn't just focus on broilers because brooding usually is talked about mostly with broilers, but I think it's equally as important for turkeys, breeders and layers as well. And so um, I, I'm also always, you know, happy to help out neighbors and any other um, industry connections that I've made over the past. People call me up from time to time asking some questions about this vaccine, that vaccine, this uh, anticoxidial or that anticoxidial, what's working, what's not working. And um, yeah, I'm always happy to suggest uh, the, the next step or the next question to ask and then how to, how to make, make it work for that farmer. Nice. And you've also written quite a few papers too, I believe, right? That's right. Yeah. From, from my graduate studies, I have authored, um, I've been the first author, author on uh, three or four now. I think the fourth one was uh, accepted earlier this year. So um, each of those uh, corresponds to a chapter that I had in, in my thesis. So it's still early on, but have you had like a, is there like one thing that stands out to you as your proudest achievement so far? I, I think I think my thesis as a whole, I'm I'm very very proud of. Um, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work that I also wanted for the industry as well. So, you know, three of those four chapters, three of those four publications are all 
questions that I think the industry would be excited to see um, or see the answer to. The, the last one on the, um, I talked about the DNA and the, the different species before, that I think is more further reaching. That's going to be more interesting for researchers now. And then maybe, you know, in the next uh, five, 10 years, it's going to be more accessible to diagnostics and, and available for farmers. So that one's a little bit further reaching, but I think the thesis as a whole, I'm, I'm extremely proud of. And, um, and also, also thankful for all the support that I had along the way to get there. So. Have you had a career mentor? I'd have to say it would be uh, my my graduate advisor, Dr. John Barda. He's he's uh, been at the University of Guelph for uh, a number of years now, and he's no shortage of um, intelligence and uh, and guidance. And uh, yeah, he's no he knows very he, sorry he knows a lot about uh, the industry as well as the the parasites that that I study. So uh, he's he's certainly. Um, guided me along the way but I'd also have to recognize my dad because I wouldn't be here without him you know um I remember telling him the one day that I was going to be going to the University of Guelph and he was excited then I told him it wasn't chickens and he uh, still was happy for me and when I uh took a turn and was working at the the research farm outside Woodstock and then eventually went on to more school I could tell that he was proud of me and he uh he still reminds me from time to time that he is he's proud of all the work that uh that I've I've put towards the industry and um, yeah, so he, he's been a, a huge inspiration for it as well. And what would you say you love most about poultry? I love the community. I love the industry. Um, it's, it's, it was so enjoyable when I actually came back. Well, we'll say that I came back to the industry. When I um, started at the, that research farm all those years ago, I felt like the industry just welcomed me with open arms. It was something that I wasn't in, in that career prior to. And, you know, maybe the family name helped me. I'm thankful for that. But uh, everybody was so excited to have another person, uh, you know, looking at this stuff, researching stuff and being involved and, and just being passionate about, about chicken. So it's uh, it's great to, to get to go get to go meet old colleagues and make new friends whenever I uh, get the chance to go to some of these meetings so I'd say it's it's the local industry is is fantastic to work in and I love the people and the support that I've had from everybody um feed mills hatcheries veterinarians uh pharmaceuticals vaccine companies it's been it's been amazing and when when you get a chance how do you spend your downtime <laughs> yeah I, I uh I get some time from from time to time um I, I enjoy camping uh, when I can, but that usually ends up being maybe once or twice a year, just some weekend trips. Um, canoe trips, usually to Algonquin is, is the best way. I spend a lot of time with the family. We uh, we have a cabin that we go enjoy our time at. Um, my girlfriend, they've got a cottage, so I'll go there. One of my hobbies includes uh, astronomy. I actually have a telescope in which I have a camera attached to, so I'll take pictures of the moon, planets, nebula, galaxies, you name it. So um, that's that's a newer hobby for me and I'm still slowly learning. I'd say I'm not quite a beginner, I'm still an amateur. So um, it's, uh, it's, been, it's a nice challenging hobby, but uh, this summer has been brutal with the, uh, the rain and then the smoke earlier this season, we couldn't uh, see, see the stars that very well. So uh, um, yeah, so there's uh, no shortage of things to keep me busy. And I got to mention my pets. I got a dog, Zoe, and, and a cat, Chester, as well. So, um, yeah. Do they get along? Uh, we keep them separate. 
they don't mind each other, but uh, yeah, they they're they're fine, but they have their own space. Yeah. So uh, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, the honor of being selected this year, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for interviewing me. Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit canadianpoultrymag.com slash podcasts.